Now, some people like ads, some people don't, and that's okay. But we like to keep everyone happy. So if you're one of the people who doesn't like to listen to ads, choose the Dave McWilliams Plus option on Apple Podcasts, and you can listen to this podcast just the way you like it. Want to know what it takes to make a million bucks? Check out My First Million. Every week we dive into different business opportunities and explain how to pounce on them. From one-man online operations to brick-and-mortar strategies, we cover it all. So whether it's your first million followers or dollars, start getting inspired with My First Million wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. To understand the economy, you have to understand human nature. This podcast is powered by Acast. How you doing there? It is time for the podcast. We are going to be discussing a very knotty issue, John. A knotty issue, which is why interest rates... I know this will really get your goat. This will give you the horn. Why interest rates are not... I'm there already. Exactly, exactly. Why interest rates are not working in the United States and what does it mean for the global economy? Yes, yes. But I was contemplating this last night as I was at Lana Del Rey. I went to see Lana. So she Del- wasn't very good then. She was. She was actually. You know what was amazing? Amazing. It was like going to watch the Beatles. Do you remember the the screeching noise from the Beatles at the Hollywood Bowl? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because Lana really? Del Rey was amazing. Her fans, her real fans, right, are completely obsessed with her. Wow. It was about. I'd say because she's. Oh, it was about eighty percent women. I would say right. Yeah. And they. I was, it was amazing to sit in a gig and stand in a gig, and. Everybody in the whole place knew every single word. They, they knew every right. single sort of intonation. It was extraordinary. And of course, mm. I went with Chan and Lucy. I was myself and five girls went, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was really, really amazed by the level of intensity of the adoration towards this woman. I'm quite surprised at that. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't know why I, I am mean, her surprised. Her voice is but... extraordinary. Her voice is amazing. You can just, I think she is she, fantastic yeah. songwriter as well. Amazing songwriter. But the reason I was thinking of America as I was walking away from this was that so much of Lana Del Rey's image is an homage to 1950s America, mm. right? Yeah. To very glamorous Hollywood America, to sort of the GIs coming home, to the baby boom, to Marlon Monroe, to JFK, to the Rat Pack, all these sort of things that... And actually, we were talking about last week, you know, the Some Like It Hot, the, the sort of, yeah, you know, yeah. the Jack Lemmon, Tony Curtis era of the United States, where everyone was very white. Yeah. And everyone was very rich. And everybody was very aspirational. Mm. And the future looked so bright. And this is something that, you know, you can see that she, it's it's a glamour that she's really grabbed for herself as she's the 21st 
centuries version of this. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was amazing. It was an extraordinary gig. And it's extraordinary to see how she connects with people, particularly women. You know, of course, all, most of the songs are about fucking wankers who left you. Yeah, right? yeah, okay, yeah, 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 right? absolutely. So my missus, my daughter, their mates, they were all roaring these, it was, it was, it was, it was almost like a, a, a hail and call back sort of yeah, idea. But yeah. It was really, really good. And then I went to the Yacht Tavern in Ringsend yes. for a couple of scoops, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. normal boozer, right? We're sitting in. And myself and the five girls go in yeah. at about, I don't know, about half, 10, 11, whatever the time the gig was over, have a couple of scoops. And uh, I'm standing at the bar ordering and a fellow comes up to me and it's a big shout out to Aidan Bolton. Aidan Bolton. Yeah, Howie Aidan. He's from Ring's End. He listens to us on the oh, brilliant. train every day. He lives in Blackheath in London. So he's a basic member. When we used to live in London, he'd always come home for the weekend. Oh, right, okay. And you go home for the weekend and go to a session with your mates and then yeah. you go back kind of bleary on a Sunday, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the train from Blackheath to London Bridge, there's Aidan Bolton from Ringsend. He is an avid fan. So Fantastic. we sat down and only I could go to the Yacht Tavern and discuss economics with the lads <laughs> after the Lannan of Del Rey gig. <laughs> well, it was economics and Shamrock Rovers, Sean. Oh, right. Like, of course it was. Jesus. And the Stella Maris Rowing Club. Right. So these lads were oh. rowers, right? Oh, Which is okay. incredibly difficult. Have you ever seen the open no, sea this rowing? Is a, this, yeah, this is proper rowing. This, this is proper rowing. This isn't, this isn't your punting on the, the Liffey yeah. Trinity College rowing. Yeah. This yeah. is actually fellas who get in to row in Dublin Bay. Yeah. Right? And they were having none of the fact that Docky were a good rowing club. They were having none of that, right? <laughs> but we were discussing also the white horse, which is a Shamrock Rovers tradition. Right. Where if Rovers are in the final of the FAI Cup or anything big, a procession will go from, let's say if they're, if they're playing bows or something in Daily Mount, yeah. would go from Ring's End, which is where Rovers are from yeah. originally. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But at the head of the procession, it's always a white horse. Really? Yes. Jeez, you covered a lot of ground. We covered a lot of ground. We were singing about we were singing about Manchild. We were doing our best, our best yeah. Land Del Rey. We were singing Kemp Tales over the Country Club. Yeah. Right? Okay. And we're talking about white horses and we're talking about pints and we're talking about economics. Excellent. All in the yacht tavern, which we left quite late. Last Fantastic. Night. Let's just I, say it wasn't closing quickly. <laughs> Well, I bet they had a few views on RTE and and oh, that, that, that was the crack. That yeah, was the crack. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone, because because of course when we started chatting, then people recognised. Oh, there's your man, and you were you used to be on the telly. And, yeah, and of course there's the fell off the telly. There's the fell off the telly, and I was yeah, the fell yeah, off the yeah. telly, and then we were. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you know we're going to get paid in flip flops next week? <laughs> so so I believe. So I believe. Actually, we're not going to go down the RT route, but it is funny that you know so much stuff has come out of that, like, five grand on flip-flops and all that kind of stuff. But here's the interesting thing, though, Mac. There's going to be a huge review into RT, and rightly so, and about bloody time. Then if it, they go... the man on the bus saying, oh, no, 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 I'll, I'll tell you something There's else. something that's on my mind and I'm not prepared <laughs> to stay quiet about it. But if they bring RTE back from this hybrid model and they just have it as public sector, that's a huge amount of advertising that's going to go Going somewhere. to where? I mean, podcasting will be a fine place to go, wouldn't it? I think podcasting is the future. I think. I think Do you think, Mike? I think. Do you know what I think? We should get. We should get the lion's share of the RTE readies. <laughs> well, I mean, it is true. Absolutely, it's that, true. You know what's going to happen is RTE. It's very clear. Will become a public service broadcasting with one stream of income. Yeah, it's very very clear that the so-called talents salaries will end up being public sector salaries, mm. right? And I mean, I said it last week on the pod, you know, presenting 
it is not a hard job. I've done it on radio, I've done it on TV, yeah. you do it here, and right? That's because you're good at no, it. No, 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 but there's a load of like, shut up, you, right? <laughs> it's not a hard job. You know what I mean? You, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. yeah. You, you, you get up, you talk to the mic. Yeah, I suppose you have a big production team behind big, you as well. Big, you're reading fucking auto cue. Yeah. <laughs> like, all you need is a good sight. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. if you think about it, like you're reading auto cue, you turn to your guest, you say, John, what do you think of this? Yeah. Uh, you sit back. John says, well, I think there's this, this, and this. And then you have another little little cards that your producers have written all the questions for you. Yeah, yeah. Say, la, la, la. And someone goes in here and say, it's time to wrap that up now. You say, okay, see you, John. On to the next one. And then you read the auto cue and you say, uh, we'll be back in two minutes with such and such, yeah. right? We're going to get with some ads and get, get paid. I mean, but, but what I'm saying is, so those salaries will come back to normal public sector salaries. Yeah. And a whole, I would say a whole generation of presenters will probably not be around for mm. a while. And that'll get younger presenters to come up. And, and the younger presenters will, will work. But you're right, the money. The money. And, but is Wouldn't he... it be great to be sponsored by Renault? <laughs> <laughs> you, me and Marty Morrissey. <laughs> We'd probably get his old car. Exactly. <laughs> With a few dents on it. Exactly. And a mattress in the back. But come here, let me ask you a question, though. A, a serious question, actually, on advertising. <laughs> Don't ask me a serious question. <laughs> like, in all the kind of numbers and stuff that I've been reading of late, advertising in general and across, not just in Ireland, but in the UK and America in particular, is drying up. Advertisers are pulling back yes. and closing the old purse yes. a little bit. However, on the flip side, consumer spending is way up. And that doesn't really match up. Like, what, what is going a, on there? You have put your finger, as always, John, as always. You've, you are on the button, okay? The man with his finger on the pulse. What is actually going on is exactly this, right? Professional people, mm. advertisers, economists, forecasters, have all been forecasting a recession for the last 12 months. Yeah. But the problem is the recession isn't coming. So you're absolutely right. So advertisers are thinking, okay, I talked to the local economist. Yeah. Like, let's say a big firm, like massive big advertising firm would have a forecaster who's basically an economist, right? Yeah. Say, so what do you think is going to happen to consumer spending next year? And your man or your one will say, you know what? With interest rates at 5% in the United States, they were at zero 18 months ago. I predict a recession because yeah. looking backwards, a massive increase in interest rates, which it is, 5% yeah. is a huge shift, would have always tipped the economy into recession. So what happens then, the advertiser says, look, I've just talked to our economist fella, our girl, and they've said we're going to have a recession. So they go into their budgetary meeting and they say to the boss, look, I don't think we should spend this year yeah. in the expectation of lots of demand next year because the professionals are telling me the economy is going to slow down. Right. right. And therefore the advertising will be wasted. Yeah, yeah. But the boss who's talking to the retail sales guys and girls in the company says, there's no evidence of a recession. Mm. The stuff is flying off the shelves. So so la last week we talked about fiscal uh, incontinence. Yes. And so this is like recession this is, this is No, so no, 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 no. Fiscal incontinence, this would be monetary inactivity, John. A lack of prowess in the monetary area. <laughs> right, okay? okay. Okay. Maybe not even... So, so let's, let's talk about it. So what is happening? So the very simple relationship in, let's take the American economy, because mm. basically everything takes its lead from America. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the reason everyone takes its lead from the America is the Americans are the owners of the reserve currency. That's the thing. It's not yeah. the size of the American economy. But they've economy. also been shouting about it, shouting mostly, about, yeah. actually. So the vast majority of American economists have been forecasting a recession 
And the thing is, the recession doesn't want to fess up to it, yeah. right? And the reason they've been forecasting recessions is the following. They've said, look, all the survey data tell us that things are going badly. Mm. So basically, economics, when you're actually making forecasts, part of it is an economic model, which is a mathematical model, backward looking, based yeah. on what happened in the past, yeah. right? The other is what you'd call anecdotal or sentiment, right? Whereas you ask people, what do you think is happening in the world, Right. And most of the time, these forecasts or these, these surveys are actually accurate. So if people say, well, you know what, I think things are going really badly. And over the course of the next 12 months, I think things will get worse, right? And you, mm. you put all that into your model and you say, okay, anecdotal stuff says things are going badly. Real interest rates are high. The government isn't spending. Real incomes are low. House prices are stalling. All those factors will go into your forecast. Fascinating me. The survey data in America has been predicting recession for a year. Mm. Now, this is the really interesting part. This is where American politics comes in. America is now so polarized yeah. that conservatives and Republicans are answering, this is what people think now, that everything is negative because the Democrats are in power. They've become so polarized. So in the past, right. when Democrats and, and, and Republicans weren't yeah. as polarized, it's a Democratic president. That didn't really matter to the Republican owner of a bar or the Republican owner of a shop or the Republican yeah. owner of a factory. Now they've become so polarized that Republicans who tend to own businesses more than Democrats, yeah. think about it, right? Yeah, yeah. They are answering that everything's shite. Yeah. Not because of the economy, but because they want to get rid of Biden because they've become so completely yeah. polarized. So what you're seeing is the survey data, this is one interpretation, yeah. has become totally contaminated with bipartisan politics. Which Jesus is Christ! I mean, if if that is the the case, and I know that there's there's this kind of weird bias that goes on in people's heads in America in particular, but Jesus, where, where does so, that lead so, you to? Well, well, you know, it, 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 it leads that your surveys. Let's go back to our question: are yeah. inaccurate, right? They're, they're not or economic modeling is inaccurate. Well, some of the inputs into forecasting are have to be looked at. Right. Okay. Second thing, and this is really quite fascinating, is the relationship between price and demand. So traditional economics would say, when the price of something goes up, the demand of something mm, will go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at the rate of interest as nothing more than the price of money, right? So if the rate of interest is 5%, the rate of interest is 2%. That's the price of money, right? So traditionally what would happen is, usually with a lag of maybe 18 months or maybe a year, yeah. right? The impact of an increase in the rate of interest on demand should be felt. So when the Federal Reserve started to increase interest rates 12, 18 months ago, and they did it so quite aggressively because the rate of inflation had spiked up in the United States, people thought, okay, well, it'll take a matter of a couple of quarters, but the economy will begin to slow down. Mm. And the transmission mechanism is twofold, right? The transmission mechanism is one, when the rate of interest rate goes up, people think, ah, the return to savings has gone up. Yes. And it has, like, if you look in the United Kingdom, for example, people are getting 6% on deposit in some products in the UK now. Okay. You're getting 0% or 1% here maximum, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So people say, okay, I'm going to 6% in deposit. So they basically stop spending. They start saving simply to avail of the much higher rate of interest. That's yeah. the first mechanism. Second mechanism is what they call the wealth effect, right? So when the rate of interest rises the wealth effect associated with housing stalls. So typically when the rate of interest rates rises, the housing market will fall quite quickly. Yeah. 
when the housing market falls quite quickly, people's income might not have changed, but their perception of their wealth changes dramatically. So when right. your house prices are rising, you yeah. think, you know what? This is cool. My house price is rising. Yeah. I talked to a state agent. He said it's worth 500 grand. It was worth 300 grand yeah. two years ago. If I decide to sell today, la, I'll... La, la, la. If, I, yeah. <laughs> if I decide to sell today, I'd be a millionaire. You've heard yeah. all those conversations, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. They usually happen with people after property crash. Yeah. Crash. You say, why didn't I decide? And after a few pints as And well. after a few pints, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not only in the yacht tavern. <laughs> so the wealth effect goes via housing. So people's perception of their wealth changes and their perception of whether they have enough wealth to spend and to go out and buy an extra thing changes, yeah. right? In the United States, because they're much more involved in stock markets than we are, mm. Americans have these 401ks that they manage yes, themselves. Yeah, yeah. So they're obsessed by it. So if you get into a taxi, get into an Uber in, in America, the guy will talk to you about his yeah. his shorts on Tesla. Yeah. And I'm looking at this guy thinking... They're all hoodwinked into being, you know, shareholders. These yeah, they guys. all think they're George Soros, right? Yeah. It's the, it's the George Sorosization of the American mind, okay? Yeah. And uh, that could be a Lana Del Rey tune. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, you can, you can have that one, Lana. Um, so She's there taking again, notes. Again, can... again, again, come back to the rate of interest. So as the rate of interest mm. rises, the... Discount rate for stocks rises when we talked about this, yes. the long-term discount, yeah, yeah. and the price of stocks falls. Yeah. And as the price of stocks falls, people who own those stocks retrench. They think, oh my mm. God, I'm not as rich as I was last time. That's the one thing. Second thing, people who actively play the market. So people who are actually like our Uber driver who's trading and has got shorts and la, yeah, la, la, yeah, yeah. and is long certain positions, they actually take a hit to their income, right? During the pandemic, we saw this bizarre thing happening in the United States where people stopped working and started trading. Right? So remember yeah, all those meme yeah. stocks and all that? Yeah. So there's a whole new population in the United States that trade for a living. Yeah. Now, of course, they are... A little to, taste of it then and away Yeah, and they're going to be... And they were sitting in the pandemic, you know, on their computers, you know, trading meme stocks and... Remember the, oh, yes, yeah, the, yeah, Remember yeah. the game stop? Yeah. So in the United States, the wealth effect is much greater than in Europe, Right. And there's one last reason for this, John, is that in most European countries, if you take out a mortgage, you take out a mortgage at a fixed rate, okay, like say mm -hmm. 3% for 30 years. So it doesn't change. Yeah. Right? So banks offer 30-year mortgages. In the United States, they offer variable mortgages. So what happens is the mortgage rate is always linked to whatever the rate of interest is. So if the rate of interest is low, your repayments collapse. If the rate of interest is high, your repayments go through the roof, okay. right? Whereas in Europe, most of continental Europe, it's a it's a fixed rate. So basically you, you pay a grand every month and that's it, or two yeah. grand or whatever it happens to be, yeah. right? So the sensitivity to the rate of interest in America has been traditionally much, much greater. So that would have allowed everybody with a certain degree of confidence to say there was a recession coming. Mm. But something's changed yeah. in the American economy. So what is that? that? That's the really fascinating thing, right? Okay, we'll hold that thought for just a minute. We'll come back to it after this. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hey, hey, it's Kip Bodner, CMO of HubSpot. Join me and my co-host, Kieran Flanagan, CMO over at Zapier, on Marketing Against a Grain. We're not the typical regurgitated Twitter threads. These are takes from us, marketing leaders about what we're doing and what we're learning from our peers and what's working in the market and how you can apply them to your business. Everything you need to grow a modern business and have a strategy that is fit for growth in today's changing economy. Listen to our podcast, Marketing Against the Grain, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax with their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs. You can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Okay, Max, so what you're saying is that interest rates are rising. Everyone is expecting a recession, but it's not coming. Something has changed in the American economy. What is that? Explain this to us. So what has actually changed is people look at aggregate figures and they say, yeah. oh, look, Americans in QE were borrowing loads and loads of money. Remember this, printing money, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. And the assumption was, or the presumption was, that that was individuals. Because people didn't really question, when things are going up, people don't question who's actually doing most of the borrowing. Except for analysts and banks and financial mm. people. But your average Joe doesn't, doesn't question this. What has actually been happening in the United States is something very, very interesting, which is that in 2008, the entire nation appeared leveraged to the housing market. Yeah. In the extreme, you had those sort of no-doc mortgages. Yeah. But you did no documents. You just went in and took out a mortgage with no docs, right? Okay. Right, right. Right. These were the, the, they call the CDSs, these, these, these okay. credit default swaps and all these sort of things, right? Okay. But that's going into the nether regions of the market. But right. what has happened is the American population, the people, have not become half as indebted as corporate America. So during the last 10 years, the part of the economy that took out all the loans was corporate America, yeah. right? Now, why did it take out all the loans? This is the interesting thing. It took out loans, in many cases, to execute what they call share buybacks. Yes. Like this is, yeah. so, so basically what would happen, remember we talked about last week, we were talking about Thames Water. Mm. So what management were doing in big corporations, interest rates were zero. They said, why don't we just borrow 100 million, buy back all our shares off the public, right? And then we own them. Mm. And then we pay ourselves dividends yeah. and we get really, really rich. So what was actually happening was, although the amount of debt was rising, the holders of debt in the United States were becoming increasingly in the corporate sector and increasingly very, very wealthy people, yeah. right? Which, of course, has sparks inequality yeah. because they own assets and as asset prices go up, yeah. they're, they're winning. Yeah. So it, were households becoming, households more, in the becoming United States, more cautious? They were becoming more cautious because you forget that the long-term impact of the 2008 financial crisis mm. was it scared the hell out of people. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it didn't scare the hell out of corporate America, right? Yeah. So the average American... Well, they were getting the bailouts. They're getting, they're, and they're, they were getting the bailouts, and B, they were availing of lower interest rates. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the banks, after having been roasted in 2008, almost exclusively their own fault, mm. almost exclusively... They then began only to lend to triple A rated individuals, yeah. right? So rather than lend to the average punter, 
they lent to very wealthy people. Yeah. And then something finally has been happening, and this is the most probably the most important part of the whole thing, is that in the same way as in Ireland, if you walk on Dunleary Main Street now, you will see help wanted in every single shop, yeah. every single pub, yeah. every single cafe, right? The United States is exactly the same. So what has happened in the United States is the labor market has tightened dramatically. And what I mean tightened is there's far too many jobs in the States for the amount of people at work. Mm. So real wages have risen in the United States. And because real wages have risen and debts haven't risen in tandem, the impact of interest rates on consumer spending is very, very muted. Because when interest rates rise, if all your consumption is debt financed, you're screwed, you're goosed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. when interest rates rise and your wages have been going up because the labor market is tight, mm. you don't care. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you're financing your consumption out of your income which has gone up as opposed to financing your consumption out of debt, which has become much more expensive. Yeah. So you put all those together, and what you see is the American economy refuses to buckle under the discipline of high interest rates. Now, what this means is tragic for financial markets. Okay. Because it means that the central bank in the United States, the Fed, needs to raise rates even higher and, and, to bring down the rate of inflation, yeah. which is linked to consumer spending, right? Yeah. So if the Fed increases interest rates yet further, right, and 5% is above the long-term average, yeah. right? Or maybe at the long-term average. Let's say they go to 6 7%, right? Those debts that were incurred by corporate America not by mainstream America. So you know the Americans, they have this difference between yep. Wall Street and Main Street, right? Yep. Yep. So the debts that were incurred by Wall Street go through the roof, yeah. which is why you're seeing the stock markets panic all the time because it's those very companies that are now hugely encumbered with debt through the very activity of their actual corporate financiers. Remember we talked about management last week. It's back to yeah. fucking management, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you decide that you have a debt for equity free-for-all, which enriches the executives of these companies, the balance sheet will be completely exposed to high interest rates because they're debt finance yeah, companies. Yeah, yeah, right? makes sense. Yeah. Whereas if you finance your company with shareholding, the shareholders pay if the price falls. But if you do it with debt, the balance sheet pays, right? Right, yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. And the yeah. balance sheet gets broken. So let's get back to, to, to the full circle on this, right? Yeah, yeah. So if the Fed has to increase the rate of interest higher and for longer, right? The implication is that corporate America, which is highly leveraged, begins to implode. So it begins to implode. So that would trickle down. But is there any way of predicting... The sweet spot. Yeah, or, or what that tipping point is. Like, is it 6%? Is it 8%? Is it Paul Vocker 20% well, stuff? Well, no, so it's, it's all to do with the real rate of interest, which is the rate of interest minus the rate of inflation. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. And at the moment, the rate of inflation in America is remaining. It's falling. Yeah. As in the rate of increases in prices are falling. I know that sounds really bizarre, but that's the way to look at it, right? Yeah. But it's still stuck well above the Fed's desired rate, which is 2% rate of inflation. Yeah. So lots of people are saying, look, chill out on your 2%, relax, allow the rate of inflation to be 4%. Do not precipitate a recession. Do not crucify the economy on the cross of 2%, right? right. Yeah. Chill out. Now, of course, our friend Jay Powell is very nervous about doing that because he looks at history and he talks about Fred's Governor Burns in the 70s who did the same thing, allowed inflation to get out of control. Well, I, 
That, that's why I thought the 2% inflation was arrived at uh, as the, the correct... The holy grail. Yeah, it's because all, of history. But it's all made up. 2% is an arbitrary figure. Okay, like what's the difference right, between right. 2 and 3%? It just sounds good, right? It sounds prudent. <laughs> yeah. But I, now, and this is where it gets very interesting. Go on. Highly leveraged corporations, which are based on advertising and are seeing those advertising rates fall, look to be very fragile. What is the most public, highly leveraged corporation that is based on advertising and its advertising rates are falling? RTE. <laughs> okay, apart from RTE, <laughs> Twitter. So let's get to the story that's making the headlines now, which is a fight between Z- Elon Musk... Zuck and, and Elon. Right? Yeah. An actual fact, it could go ahead. Yeah. Your man, the fellow Conor McGregor's mate, what's his name? Dalen, Dana White. Yeah. It's basically, it's all the big fat baldy lads. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, all these, the it's like part. that, um, the, the YouTube thing of, what's your man, Logan, whatever his face was. Logan Fight. Roy. <laughs> what's Logan Roy? I don't know. Logan Paul or whatever his name was. And who's become, you know, fighting. Whatever. Fighting everyone, right. Yeah, but think of a nonsense. No, but, let's, but let's, let's conclude. We started with Lana Del Rey. Okay. And Americana. And the triumph of America in the 1950s and the 60s, mm. right? Amazingly, America was being written off in the 80s, and America came back in the 2000s with the tech industry. That's what made America muscular again, made yeah. it incredibly powerful again. It's still has the biggest army. We know that, right? It's, and America's had a very good pandemic, and it's had a very good Ukraine war. If you see, America yeah, 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 it's come back mean. in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what has made America exceptional again is technology. And part of that is social media, obviously, mm. because all the companies are American. Yeah. But let's look at the landscape where somebody overpays $44 billion for Twitter, Yeah, Elon Musk. The market thinks Twitter was, even at that stage, worth about $14 billion. Yeah. So that's $30 billion destroyed of assets, right? So our friend Zuck, mm. whether he's our friend or not, has seen the weakness in Twitter, has seen the mismanagement, has seen the fact that lots and lots of Twitter's original aficionados, converts and supporters, can't stand the way it's going editorially. They've seen the extraordinary inability of Musk to actually articulate what the strategy for the company is. So is it blue ticks? Is it not blue ticks? Am I going to charge people? Am I going to put advertising? Am I not going to put advertising, right? Chaos within the company. All Twitter former employees are saying it's chaos in there. So our friend Zuck who also lost his shirt, don't forget, on the crypto metaverse bet of two years ago. Yeah, yeah. But he's got a lot of money to lose. So basically you can say Facebook and Twitter are in a scrap. Now, a cynic like me would say it's only a scrap about who dies quickest, yeah. right? If you yeah. think about it, yeah, they're both, yeah, yeah. They're not, they're, these are not platforms that our kids are using. That's true, These yes. are not platforms our kids are using, yeah. right? TikTok's what our kids are using and, and there'll be other type of things. Mm. But let's come back to Americana and symbols of American wealth and ubiquity. Nothing speaks to that more than Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all these things, right? It looks to me like there's a very high chance that Twitter goes bust this year, right? Ooh, is that a prediction? It's not a prediction. It's an observation about, right. the, about, about what's happening, right? If you have okay. huge amounts of debt and your business model is broken and your biggest rival, Facebook, starts a thing called threads. Yeah. And the conversion rate to threads, even as we speak, has been dramatic. Apparently mm. 70, 100 million have moved to it. What, what about Dorsey's new thing? So that's what I'm saying. So basically what you're having is 
the disruptors are being disrupted by disruptors. Yeah. So Elon Musk's big thing was I was the slightly overweight disruptor. Yeah. And I was the man, right? Now he's been disrupted by Facebook. People say Zuckerberg isn't a disruptor. He's an imitator. That he basically takes other people's ideas and yeah. makes them his own. And then when he runs out of ideas, he buys companies like Instagram or whatever, right? And yeah, I think of Dorsey. And there's a hundred more waiting in that queue. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But all of this against a background of interest rates, 1% is fine. But all of this against a background of interest rates at 5, 6, 7% means the existing incumbents with debt go bust. Yes. And the existing incumbent with debt is Twitter, not Facebook. So the slow death of Facebook is something we know is happening, right? Yeah. But it's the fast death of Twitter, which is much more interesting. And we leave this final thing and we'll take it all together. We'll piece it all together. RTE, mm. Twitter, the whole thing, <laughs> Lana, everything, right? What is happening at RTE is like a bank run, right? Do you remember yeah. bank runs? Yeah. There can be a run in anything. There can be a run in a brand. There can be a run in a business. RTE is suffering a bank run. Yeah. It's shareholders which is the population, yeah. have turned against it. Its advertisers have turned against it. It is toxic. It is like a bank that has no money and it has to close. It can't recover, right? Yeah. Twitter would experience a bank run. And it's the same process because it all resides in people's heads. Yeah. And if your perception and your psychology changes, then it's over for these businesses. So when I see Twitter and Facebook to moguls having a scrap presided over by Dana Hill training with Conor McGregor in the submarine bar or wherever he is in Crumlin, right? <laughs> I bet you McGregor's going to train one of them and make a fortune, right? What I see is the end of an era and the high interest rates will cause that end of an era. But it might not necessarily cause the economy to tank. This is the fascinating thing. Yeah. It might just be located in that weird realm that is social media. And that, I think, is the next 12 to 18 months laid bare, John. Beautiful. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. <laughs> 